All right, guys, welcome to episode 27 of the Aquascaping Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Art. Check us out at aquascapingpodcast.com, and you could also send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. You can listen to all the episodes on the website at iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. Joining us today from the UK is our friend George Farmer. We're going to be talking about one of the most important pieces of equipment in aquascaping, the aquarium. Talked to Sean a couple days ago. He had a great time in Chicago, met a lot of new people, had a lot of fun, got some recordings for the show, and I want to congratulate the winners of the contest there, and uh, yeah, it looked like a really good time. All right, today we're talking about aquariums, and after looking at the statistics of the show, the analytics tell me that a lot of the audience is right here in the United States. And if you're in the United States, you know that a rimless-style aquarium is just not seen that often. Uh, if you go into the big box stores, you see those you know, uh, rimmed-style aquariums. You can create something great with those, of course, n- no doubt. But to the international audience out there, you guys might be surprised that it's really rare to see a rimless-style aquarium here in the United States unless you are into aquascaping. So how do we get them here in the United States? How do we get that demand to go up? And how do we get the price to go down? These are important things to consider when targeting the United States as a potential market for rimless aquariums. It's going to take some creative thinking, some strategic marketing. It's going to take changing the general public's perception of what an aquarium is supposed to look like. Because, hey, listen, us core audience, us aquascapers, we already want them. We are, we're already sold. We're going to pay the extra money to get them and do whatever we can. But if we really want them to be in those big chain stores, we're going to have to change the perception of the general public. And to do that, it's going to take going outside of this community. So if you're a manufacturer out there, you know, start thinking in terms of spending some resources on maybe, you know, getting into a fashion ad, get your product onto the set of a TV show that's going to pay dividends in the long run. Yeah, man, you got a, a line of uh, aquariums. How cool is that? It's really cool, actually. Yeah, it's like you have to pinch yourself sometimes. When uh, I've been a hobbyist for so many years, and then turned it into profession, and then you know to actually have my own sort of name branded against an aquarium line, which I've helped develop and I'm really proud of. It is is really really cool. Yeah. What did you think when you saw it for the first time in person? Honestly, I, I was absolutely blown away by the quality, the, the silicon work, and and the the quality of the glass the finish just the way that the panes meet each other is absolutely flawless when i saw it for the first time in the factory i actually got a little bit emotional because it was like the culmination of all my efforts if you like you know to actually have have a product there with, with my kind of name on it it's a really special moment I'm starting to think that's really one of the most important pieces of equipment in aquascaping because you can't change that out. You know, you could always swap out, you know, a light or put in a new filter or put in a new CO2, but that glass canvas, that's where it all kind of starts. Exactly. You know, if if you're a painter, you want to buy a, you know, a decent canvas or if you're a digital photographer, you know, you need a decent camera body with a decent sensor. It's all about that baseline and everything builds on top of that. So when you're talking about aquascaping a bit further down the line, you talk about hard and that's really important but even before that you know you need a fundamentally good aquarium to start with you just want those 
those five pieces of glass and you want you know you want them to be as clear as possible you don't want to see any silicon work you just want to make it invisible and i'll put a photo on facebook of that 300 cube the aquascaper 300 cube on um and you literally couldn't see <laughs> couldn't see the tank and that kind of almost epitomized what it should be all about it's about minimizing that distraction and what are the differences in glass quality say just from your basic standard aquarium that you can get at you know a, b- a box store or something like that what it, what are those differences it's all to do with the levels of iron in the glass so the more iron there is the, the more green it looks so if you look down the cross section of the pane of glass so instead of just looking at it front on if you look down that thick you know down the cross section a regular sort of float glass aquarium which most are you, you'll see a dark green kind of tinge whereas low iron kind of goes more blue and then ultra low iron it will go almost almost white so yeah the, the main difference is is that clarity so the lower iron the higher clarity you get to dispel a myth actually uh, a lot of people assume that the higher iron the kind of the stronger the glass and the less prone it is to scratching but but that's not true at all it's just to do with the amount of impurities in the glass and it has no effect on the on the strength or the anti-scratch properties so you, you pay a little bit of a premium for lower iron but in my view you know if you're an aquascaper you know you should take the canvas as seriously you know as seriously as you can and always opt for the lower iron option if you can afford it for sure Let's say somebody doesn't have that much money to spend, so they want to get something that can last them a very long time. Maybe they can do, you know, escape uh, after escape after escape. What size would you recommend for somebody uh, in that position? That's a great question. Obviously, you're dictated a lot by budgets. You know, you're going to need more hardscape, the bigger the aquarium, more soil, etc. So I think a great size is, is 60 centimetre. It's still my favourite size. I've done probably more aquascapes than 60 centimetre than any other. It's that ideal combination between being small enough to regularly escape without costing too much but also being big enough to, you know have a wide selection of material you know uh, livestock plants fish etc my own range ha- has the aquascaper 600 uh, which is actually 50 centimeters front to back so so the 60 by 36 uh, which is aesthetically pretty much bang on you know that ratio to the eye it really really suits um but the 50 front to back just gives you that so much extra room for that getting that extra depth and you know ex- extra perspective in the aquascape and when you're setting up your aquarium, how much distance do you typically give yourself from the wall? Now, this seems like maybe a, a minor point, but I think it's something that beginners don't really think about when they're setting it up. Uh, how much space do you, do you leave? It's a really good point, actually. It took me a few years to kind of get it myself. Ideally, you want a pale wall uh, behind your aquarium, and then you can uh, then not use any background at all. You need that space so you can get that light spill illuminating the background. So to get that effect, you probably need a good, at least probably 10, 10 centimetres absolute minimum. So that's four inches. Ideally, you know, sort of 20 centimetres if possible. And then and then kind of adjust your light if you can, if you've got that option to get that, that you know, the maximum, you know, impact from, from your background. Today's tip comes from Jennifer Williams, a talented aquascaper and competitor out of Virginia. Sean met up with her at the Aquatic Experience in Chicago. I like things that I can work with, and I think that that's really important for people to remember when they're trying to escape at home. Um, Figure out what you like to work with, what works for you, 
and it's all right to rock it. Like if all you can grow is java fern and java moss, you can do a great tank with really easy stuff. If it looks good to you and you're doing well with it, just, just rock it. You can sit down at the end of the day and be like, this is gorgeous, I love this. And I'm proud of myself because I put this together and it's growing, <laughs> which is really cool too. Um, when you can get to that point where, where you've kind of sorted through everything and figured out what works for you and what's gonna grow for you and what looks good to you, that's really all that matters at the end of the day. All right, George, let's talk a little bit about the cabinets. What do you personally look for? And uh, does the Aquascaper range have their own cabinets? I really like, I mean, you know, if money was no object, I would go for something like the ADA glass stand, have you seen them? Yeah. And then, you know, like the Superjet and, and, the, and the CO2 tower and go for all glain, uh, stainless steel and glass because you want to you want to kind of show off your equipment and it just looks so cool. But that's sort of 99% of the market don't, you know, can't afford that or, you know, aren't interested in that. So what we've done, Evolution Aqua, We've actually developed a 616 finishes and colours of, of aquarium uh, cabinets uh, to suit pretty much all interior designs in a home. So anything ranging from, you know, gloss white, which I'm using at the moment on my Aquascaper 1200s, uh, through to uh, our latest range is the Super Matte range. Really trendy at the moment, really fashionable, is a Super Matte finish. In actually, as an aquascaper, a matte finish is really great in terms of practicality because the gloss finish looks great, uh, but for photography, it tends to get a lot of reflections and it also shows up fingerprint marks. So the super matte, you tend not to get any fingerprint marks, but it just looks really trendy. It's really bang on trend at the moment. Each panel is is sealed perfectly, and the cabinets themselves are actually hand hand built and assembled in the UK, in England, in our factory. When they're assembling, the cabinets, they're all silicon sealed together and each panel is double sealed as well. So with some materials, if you get any ingress of water, you get a swelling and the cabinet basically turns, you know, starts twisting and bowing with any ingress of water. So with our system, you know, that's absolutely minimized. So top notch materials and really well built. So once you have the cabinet uh, set up, let's say you have it, you know, about 10 centimeters or so away from the wall. Uh, the next step is putting, uh, you know, your aquarium on that on that cabinet. But before you do, you know, a very smart thing to do is to put down foam. Now, what, what are, what's your opinion on foam? Should you always use it? Uh, is there any circumstance when you don't need to use it? That's a really, really uh, good topic. Actually, in a, in a, an ideal world, your cabinet will be absolutely flat, and it'll be, and the cabinet itself will be on a flat surface, and obviously the aquarium glasses. So you shouldn't have any dramas. But we don't live in a perfect world, and there are you know discrepancies and things, and and so to comp, you know compensate for that, foam is a great idea. Uh, all the aquascaper aquariums come come with foam cut out perfectly for the size of the tank, and so you know that 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 covers that. You know, if I'm honest, Jay, I used to for for a few years I never used any foam, um, but now you know I'm a great believer in it. Um, I have known of, of folk not using it and actually, you know, regretting it through a crack in the glass, you know, in the base, you know, in the longer terms as things change. So yeah, I'd, I'd always go for a foam if possible. And also, um, if you don't have a foam, there's a potential for, for water. If, if you, you know, when you maintain in the tank, you often spill water, obviously. And eventually, if you can get, you can potentially get the water going in between the bottom of the glass and the base 
and the cabinet and that uh, over the longer term that that can create potential issues as well uh, if you have the foam the foam will just soak up the water uh, the short answer is yeah it will go for foam is there any hope to come into the us yeah sure we're looking at it at the moment we're looking at uh, a couple of really big distributors so hopefully you'll be able to get one yourself soon jay oh absolutely that'd be that'd be amazing cool man is there anything else that you'd like to touch on on the topic of uh, aquariums here yeah i guess so i think just you know, for the listeners out there, just go go for the highest quality, you know, the highest, not necessarily expensive, but just don't be afraid to buy the best you can. You, you won't regret it. And it, like we said at, at, right at the beginning of the podcast, it, it is the, the most important aspect of aquascaping. It is the canvas. And, it, you know, if you buy good quality, it will last you, you know, potentially a lifetime. You get, get the best you can afford. Uh, and don't be don't be afraid to you know buy good equipment to go with it and, and just just invest as much as you can and 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 you'll you'll reap the benefits and you'll love it and you'll take care of it and hopefully it'll reward you with lots of great aquascapes along along the path so stay tuned we got some heavy hitters coming on the show soon interviews with oliver not Kip Hong from Texas, Adam Pazila from Poland, and Georgia Carvalho from Portugal. So you're definitely not going to want to miss those. Don't forget to check us out, aquascapingpodcast.com. You can send in your comments and questions to aquascapingpodcast at gmail.com. To find out more about the Aquascaper range of aquariums from Evolution Aqua, go to evolutionaqua.com slash theaquascaper or facebook.com slash evolutionaquascaper. You can also follow George on Facebook and on Twitter at The Aquascaper as well as on YouTube. And as always, you can get all the interviews and shows on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Have a good week, everybody. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.